0: Okay, well, welcome to Theology Jam. My name's John Korkadakis, and I'm here with my good friend, Matthew Burkholder, who, uh, you know, uh, just recently uh, passed your... Uh, oh, tell us, what, 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 what a milestone.
1: I'm, yes, I'm no longer a student. You're no I longer a student. I'm <laughs> technically a candidate. Uh, I passed my proposal, so I defended that successfully. And so now I just need to write my dissertation, and then I'm done. So. Wonderful! Wow! Yeah. So that's a big weight off your shoulder to it, to get to that point, isn't it? Yeah, it it feels like uh, it, it it's a big, huge weight. So yeah. if you if you know anyone who's currently a PhD grad student and uh, they're going through the thesis proposal stage or any of those comprehensive exam stages, you just you just make sure. You you say something nice to them or uh, encourage them or something because it's, hard. it's yeah, hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I remember getting past that stage, and yeah, uh, you're in a really good place. So congratulations yeah, to that. That's a big step. So um, because of the busyness, um, you know, we've been uh, a little behind in yeah. you know the things. So um, as we as as we bring this latest theology jam to you, this is basically going to be a jam. We're just going to whatever comes out of our minds and our <laughs> thoughts. We don't have anything we talked about a lot of topics, but it's just like it's it's almost we're feeling what the rest of the world is feeling. We're we're in this post-COVID thing and I have no idea about anything anymore <laughs> other than I I I believe in Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus rules and he's still on the throne. But when it comes to all kinds of other things, culturally, socially, economically. It's like, where are we? What has COVID done to us?
1: Yeah, it's it's we're sort of um, we've experienced all these uh, social kind of anxieties, family anxieties. The church looks different. All like yeah. it's, it feels different. It's it's yeah. uh, um, you know, school, even our children. They're what they're experiencing in schools is still. Um, it's like, you know, we can say, you know, even just saying post COVID, we're still kind of in it a little bit too, right? Like, I know things have loosened up a little bit, um, but we're still, we're still facing a lot of, a lot of challenges from, from this, from this time. And, uh, so you, you talk about certainty. Okay. Let's maybe let's jam on that, on that, um, yeah there's there, there's just a growing
0: sense of uncertainty about tomorrow not just the next week but what what does it mean for tomorrow and and you know said just before going live here that you know before if you had a slight cold or even you know uh the the trailings off of the flu or something, you still got out and about and did your stuff and, you know, wouldn't think twice about getting into some context. The minute COVID comes up, it's like all of a sudden you got to, you know, stand six feet apart. You don't dare go near anybody. Uh, Suddenly your whole social, you know, um, we were laughing the other day as a staff because um, when we were having lunch, we all separate now. And uh, one of the other staff members was saying, before COVID, when we were all in that room, we'd all sit on the two couches in yeah. the corner yeah. and all kind of huddled close together. And everybody else in the room says, "What? You guys ate lunch that close?" <laughs> it was like, you know, it was just such a, a you know a, a remarkable thing that we did.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you see, like, if you're watching television or something, I remember you know during COVID, and maybe it was something filmed prior to COVID and you'd see people like close together and yeah. you, it would be it would be this strange sort of feeling that w- that we would have uh, I know like for for us like we've had different different viruses and uh, infections over the past six weeks in our house and it's it's been um it's just maybe we're ch- there's there's going to be some changes obviously I think you yeah. know Maybe it is good for us to stay home when we're sick, and we don't want to spread things around, right? Like maybe we do if we aren't feeling well. We have a cough. We wear a mask when we're out and about. Like those things might, <clears throat> those things might might change. Um,
0: okay, um, yeah. There's a show on Netflix right now, which I found really interesting because it, it 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 was it's called The Day the No, the Year the Earth Changed, and has David Attenborough doing the the commentary. And it talked about the lockdowns and it talked about just how the animal kingdom started to revive or multiply and all the things that changed environmentally when, when we were in lockdown. And um, one of the most fascinating parts of it is there, you know, it went to a small town in India. I can't remember um, the name of the town, but um, it had a photographer who, whose photograph went viral. And he talks, you know, the they interview of the guy, and he's talking about how people would come out of their house and say, "We can see the mountains. We can see the mountains." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Go up on the roof," and he gets up on the roof of his house, and he can see the Himalayan mountains, which are two hundred miles away, and before they they couldn't see it because of the smog. Mm. And because everybody's locked down,
1: yeah.
0: right? And 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 again, his, his photo went viral, and it was an indication of when we, you know, retreat from the busyness and the craziness and the smog and the pollution, mm. and all that kind of stuff. Just what it did to mm. the earth. So COVID hasn't just affected, you know, our personal lives. It's affected the entire planet, mm. and it's affecting the church. And I think. I think there's a reckoning coming in the sense of what 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 does this mean you know I know this is a podcast about theology and a podcast about the church but there's there's ramifications post covid that I don't think we even have come close to recognizing no. yeah absolutely. just how far spread this pandemic has affected everything you know in the church world I just you know one of the big complaints in North America from pastors what i'm reading is we're experiencing you know lower than average attendance people are just not coming back but there's there's a heightened sense of fear just to be in public again or to be in groups of people yeah. i'm not sure that's healthy in the long run okay. this this sense of fear there's this sense of apathy Right, People just don't care. And it's hard to battle apathy. There's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of battles I would get into. But when you're trying to deal with people who are apathetic, it's, there's just no fight. There's no argument. Mm. They just don't care. You know, it's, it's kind of like this election <laughs> that, we're, that we're going through right now. There's just a lot, a lot of apathy in, in, in that election. but and, and a sense of non-commitment. You know, um, it's really tough. The church is really struggling with volunteers right now getting all the ministries to the place where they need to be in order to facilitate the ministries that we provide here at the church. And yet people's expectations is that the church should be open, fully open. All the kids' ministries, all the youth ministries, all of that kind of stuff, but we're doing
1: it with a fraction of the volunteers that we had before. Is there any sense, like, um, is there any sense that the church as a kind of, um, as as a church that runs kind of the machine, the programming sort of, is there a sense in which maybe that needs to look differently in the future? Like, is it, are we still, are we supposed to be, are we going to just be the same thing as before where we just sort of render these services to people? I'm not, that maybe that's too harsh of a,
0: Oh, wow. That's a, I don't know. I'm just
1: thinking, thinking off the top of my head. That's a, that's a
0: great question. That's, that's a great question. Um, there's certain, I think people have certain expectations about the church and certainly I think already as a church, we've changed, uh, in, in many ways, um, certainly our expectations have changed dramatically. Um, and, um, you, you know, um, I value a Sunday morning much more than I did before. I hate to admit this as a mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. but Sundays is very special to me now um, because I realized that um, for, the, for the time that we weren't able to do it and then to have it back again and to have the people who are here it, it, is, it is something that reminds you that we're not just going through the motions here. This is something that's meaningful. Yeah. And I've said it a couple of times at services, um, you know, um, we treated churches transactional, not transformational.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good point.
0: Right. And, uh, I, want to be, I
1: want the church to be more transformational in yeah. the future. But how do we do that? Yeah. And I think that that whole transaction um, sort of phenomenon in, in the church is not, like, that's not, obviously that's not healthy, right? Like, and, um, you know, we can look at, not, like, I even, I even sort of st- at times struggled this when I would run, run different ministries and things, right? Is, is just kind of, um, you're trying to, like, fill spaces with volunteers, Right, you're trying to get something done, yeah. right? So you're just, you're the, you become almost a um, uh, less of a shepherd, right? <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it, but and then I, I I'd like to, I, I liked to remind myself that um, the the end goal of of my job when I was when I worked here at, at the church was to like care for people invest in people develop relationships and and try and um inspire and encourage people those are my two those are my two things that i tried that i always set out to do in the church um and that can get lost if i'm i'm just trying to sort of fill job positions
0: yeah you know what i mean yeah very much um it's yeah it's a multi-layered problem for sure um one one of the ways i like thinking about it is you know the church in the past has been an attractional model you know we come to us you know come and experience us and all that kind of stuff i think one of the things that COVID has forced us to do is say you know it's no longer about attracting it's about engagement how do we engage people and i think that's a little bit about what, what you were getting at and it's like um we no longer ask the people to come and hear the gospel. We take it to them. We, we take the ministry to people. Even when we talk about, you know, uh, live streaming or social media, you know, there's a number of churches that do take the message of the gospel to people. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think the whole f- um, model of engagement is the new church of the future. Yeah. It's engaging people in 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 the transformational experience of what it means to be part of a church. It's not just come, sit in a pew, you know all, all those kinds right. of things that it was in the past, and I think that's a positive yeah. you know thing in the long run, yeah. um, It's messing up how we've done things in the past. It's messing up some of the expectations people have about the church. But I think in the long run, it's going to make the church a more vibrant, more engaging, and far more valuable
1: experience to be a
0: part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, the, the sort of the tiredness or the, uh, this sort of apathetic approach. And um, I was always worried that people were going to come and participate, volunteer, be part of the ministry, um, just out of like a sense of like duty or obligation. And I never wanted to like, I never wanted to exploit that in people. Right. And so I would rather, um, you know, if somebody didn't want to be on the worship team, I'd rather they just not, not be there. Right. Like I didn't, I, I never, I never wanted people to feel pressured to, to do something that they really, their heart wasn't in. Um, and and maybe there is just a large group of people that um now that they've sort of been they were removed from the church, evaluated their sort of role in church, and maybe they realized, you know, um I maybe I was just going through the motions. Maybe my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And so maybe those people just are are deciding not to not to come back. And and I don't know, it's like that balance of, of sometimes you gotta do things. Uh, out of a sense of service that you maybe don't want to do or don't like to do, but maybe this smaller, this smaller sort of base of people that are serving and, and running the ministries. I, I don't know. It's it's this again. Like I said, I just if if you don't if you if you don't want to do something, then I don't know if I'd want you to be just doing something you don't want to do. Like you want to have a sense of purpose of calling, of, of making people feel like their, um, their involvement is, is meaningful because they're the one involved. Yeah. Right. Not that they're sort of this person filling a space because they need to get something done, but like they themselves are the end. Yeah. Like we're not using people. They're not the means to do the programming. They are the end goal is yeah. like their development and growth, and transformation and and maturity and discipleship, right? And I, I don't know. That's
0: yeah, and, and service service is a is a, a two dimensional blessing, right? It's you know we often think about it one dimensional. You're you're serving somebody else and you're blessing them with your service, but the fact of the matter is, if you're not being blessed by it either, that you're going through the motion. It is yeah. an obligation. And and all of that kind of thing, and that that's really uh, a place where we have been. You know, there is there is a leadership principle called you know the grenade principle. Um, I don't I, maybe that's my terminology for it. But sometimes you just have to blow something up, yeah, and start from scratch and reevaluate and 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 sort of blow it up, and it causes people to be shaken up to the point where were we doing this just out of obligation or responsibility? And that's what COVID was. COVID was a grenade Mm -hmm. to a lot of things. And I think a lot of people stood back and realized, you know, I've been running this race. I don't know if it's been worth running to the degree that I've been running it in the past. And I I think you're right. You said, you said earlier that for some people, they just reevaluated their time at the church and said, you know, I wasn't getting out of this what I thought I should or could and now not having it in part of my life is not something I've missed. It's not something I've Mm. yearned for. It's not something that I felt this emptiness or vacuum and that breaks my heart. It Mm -hmm. really does break my heart. You know, I I would have loved people to be clamoring to the doors the minute it opened because... They felt so parched yeah. by, by the lack of oxygen that they were receiving. Yeah. Because our faith should be like oxygen. Mm-hmm. And when it's when it's when it's being constricted in any way, shape, or form, yeah. we feel like we're dying.
1: Yeah. It's funny because uh, I had a, a friend who's a pastor on Facebook. He posted a GIF, and it is pronounced GIF, not Jeff. Okay. And I will that will be my dying you're, you're breath. Dying. <laughs> it will be it is GIF. Okay. <laughs> um, anyways, he posted this GIF of you know when the church doors open and it was you know people running into this building and everyone's cheering in the pew. You know the the seats were full in this theater thing, and and I think there was a sense at the start that that's maybe what it was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. But it, instead, it's been sort of. We open the door, and it's sort of been this slow trickle back of of people. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, I've missed a lot of church the past month. I've had kids with fevers. I've had lung yeah. infections. I'm I'm going to stay home, but there's a lot of people that are just that are just, you know, like you said, they've evaluated it. They they've seen that maybe it was, it was not not for them and they're not coming back yeah and i i think you know uh, i spent a lot of time listening to um ex-christians on youtube Mm. yeah and i listened to a lot of people who were very sincere in their faith who have gone through this process and sort of left the faith or or sort of had those um deconversion experiences and at the very base of it um although it 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 oftentimes will break my heart or make me sad and of course all other stories are different and that's something i think we need to really learn is that people leave the church for different reasons and people leave christianity for different reasons and we can't always just put people in a box but i always try to give people the dignity of at least respecting their honesty about something, yeah, you know? And if somebody is like, if the church, like, you know, well, we watched the live stream on Sunday because we were home. My daughters were sick and we had, we didn't have as like, I was thinking about at the start of it, we had a lot of people engaging on the live stream. Yeah. Right. It was huge. And now that number has gone down and I, I, it, it it's like, what's happening You know, where, where did, where did those live streamers go? I don't know. Um, Where are the, like, I know people that are just, they're not coming back. Yeah. And maybe we just need to ask them, why aren't you coming back? Mm -hmm. And give them the dignity of respecting their honest answer. And if they're like, I don't, you know, I, I think that can be part of the, part of the process of, of living in the post-COVID world is just asking people, letting them give an honest answer and giving them the space to sort of, um, you know, to just be truthful. And, and, and hopefully that creates a space where we can actually talk some of these things through and learn from it. I, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of, there are a lot of people. Well, we were talking a little bit before. There are a lot of people who are, Walking away from faith right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and we were talking earlier that you know I'm, now I'm reading that there are people that are posting videos of their anti-baptism, yeah. their anti-communion, and you know they're reversing their whole Christian experience, which to me is the most bizarre thing I can I can imagine. I you know I, 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 frankly I'm I'm sympathetic to. Some people who walk away from the church, I am, as a pastor. I hate saying that, but I am uh, sympathetic to that. I'm not sympathetic to people that walk away from the faith altogether. Mm -hmm. I just cannot wrestle that down in my mind. I really, and I I don't mean to say I'm not sympathetic. I just just have real trouble understanding that, um, that, that, you know, the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ is not enough. Mm-hmm. Or is it good enough anymore or other things are better than I just I, I yeah. can't reconcile that in my own mind um, so i I have difficulty um, trying to figure that out, but there are more and more people who see Christianity as this pariah
1: yeah, yeah, and that's heartbreaking yeah really it's heartbreaking. And we, Jen and I, like my wife, um, who's always such a, you know, a wise person who sees the world. So, so much clearer than I do. She was talking about how, you know, these people who, um, like you said, there's this big, huge performance now of like you publicly sort of oh, yeah. mocking yeah. Christians, like people who are once, you know, uh, Christians who aren't Christians or people who, um, you know, even it goes both ways too, right? Like somebody who was a, maybe a, an atheist who became a Christian, and you just end up sort of you just end up sort of lobbing grenades at them, yeah. right? Like mocking them, or uh, and it's just sort of like, well, why can't we just, um, you know, if if we if you're gonna leave if you're gonna leave Christianity, and okay, we can talk about that. Maybe you have your reasons for that. And that's, maybe we can listen and maybe we can learn from that. Maybe we can grow from that. I don't know. But do you have to mock the people that you once were?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like if, if some people leave the, it's funny. Some people leave the church because it's, they, they see it as this judgmental force in the world and then turn around and make fun of Christians. yeah, Yeah. It's like, that doesn't, do you not see how that you you maybe are doing the exact same thing that you're yeah
0: exactly right? that's that's been part of my problem and and i i have yet to and again i have i've have yet to come across a deconversion story that has any solid theological foundation to it and that's part of it yeah. Part of the problem for me too is like there's no good theological foundation for the deconstruction, and on on the reverse, when when an atheist becomes a Christian, um, it's it's theologically profound.
1: Yeah,
0: right. That that's 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 kind of like the interesting, you know, contrast between the two, where one is done purely out of you know cultural, social, emotional stuff. And yet to walk away from, you know, theological aspects of it are are where my disconnect Mm -hmm. happens. And, but yeah, there's, like, why is it they got to mock and they got to ridicule and make fun? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's almost hypocritical of their own...
1: And you journey. know, it, it is it is hypocritical. I think in their own journey, and I find uh, there are lots of people I listen to that that you know that they're clearly just they want to mock and make fun of yeah. of the tradition, the Christian tradition. But there are others that I you can there, like I said, I try to give people the dignity of of letting people be honest with themselves, and and I think you know just as we look at people who maybe weren't Christians. Um, sorry, who are no longer Christians who are maybe mocking the church? Something COVID has exposed is there are a lot of loud mouth pastors. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who are interested in mocking and and mocking society? Yeah. Right. And and ignoring people's um, you know, the process of why they maybe believe something or right trying to trying to expect everyone in the world to live like uh christians or the church right and so we've seen that that's something that's like post covid is like um like first of all who are these guys yeah and they're us- they're usually guys yeah. i don't i don't know a lot of female pastors who are nope. loud uh like that it's just it's just the way it is um but like who are these like who are these people
0: yeah and, and they seem to have come out of the out of the woodwork.
1: It's like a it's like a switch went off in yeah. there in in the brain, and so just as mocking, making fun of, insulting people, um, shaming people, right? That's another one, right? Like yeah. oh, making people shaming people into um, staying in the faith, or shaming people who uh, remain in the faith, right? Like from the other side.
0: Well, one, one, what, one, one, one pastor said, if you voted a particular party, you're not even welcome to this church.
1: Right. And and stuff like that. Like, where
0: in the world,
1: how,
0: how is that even remotely biblical?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have an election happening and we're in a building where there's an election happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where our building is being used by, by the elections and, uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and we talked a little bit about the church being sort of becoming this uh losing its sort of calling and mission and becoming more of a political yeah embodied embodiment, but there's a lot to there's a lot to say, and so if somebody doesn't want to be a part of the church because that has been their experience where all of a sudden the the pastor of their church starts spouting off that kind of stuff yeah and people in the congregation are are maybe you know mocking you because you showed up to church in a mask because i know people have been having that experience like there's there are reasons why people maybe aren't coming back to church and it doesn't do us any good to just pretend like people's reasons aren't Sincere to yeah, them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. That's where I'm at. So yeah,
0: I know. I I understand that. I understand that. And um, you know, I we're we're in a, we're in a place where um, the church will always survive. Survive. The church will always, it. you know. Jesus said he will build his church, um, but we do a pretty good job at trying to. <laughs> you know, make it harder for Jesus to do that, um, at times, but, um, you know, I'm, I I think once we, um, I I guess I want, I want to close with this. I know I'm, I'm stumbling a bit here, but what has become incredibly evident post COVID is that the church has not done a good job discipling people, Mm -hmm. growing them deeper in their faith. Because we've seen so much reaction that's political, that's not, you know, Christ-like, all kinds of things. You know, we had a CCNL prayer breakfast, uh, I think it's a week and a half, two weeks ago now. And the pastor was from Kenya. And that was the first thing out of his mouth, is that we need to disciple people. We need to grow them in their faith. And I, I was really encouraged, like, it was a beautiful message. If, if you haven't heard it, uh, I think it's on the CCNL website here in London. Um, and you can listen to that message. It was absolutely powerful. And he hit the nail on the head, right? Mm. And if there's one thing moving forward is that, is that the positive thing is that, you know, the, the kind of like, everything's been shaken and what's going to remain is the the church, mm-hmm. those that want to be here, those that want to grow, uh, the church doing its best in the midst of a season where a lot of people are struggling, and that's my hope for this church, and that's my hope for the future, and all of that kind of stuff. But we have a job to do, and um, you know I just want to close this off with, you know, no matter what, we want to be a church of deep discipleship and growing people in their faith and be more about transformation
1: and not just transaction. Yeah, but, yeah great. Um, yeah, this. thanks for listening to Theology Jam. I'll put the link to that, uh, that thing in the description in the, yeah. in the podcast episode. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can let us uh, know. Send us an email at theologyjam at gmail.com. And uh, it's good to be back good. doing this with, with you, John. And we'll good be, to have you back. Yeah. We'll be back on the, the, on the regular posting, hopefully, uh, yeah. moving forward.
0: Great. Thank you everyone for listening and talk Talk soon.